Hello, everybody. Welcome to Running Code, Humor in South Texas Law Enforcement. I'm your host, T-Bone. As always, with me is my partner, J-Man. J-Man, what's up? What's up, everybody? I'm J-Man. Well, today, J-Man, we're going to talk about drugs. Drugs of the capital D. The cocaina, marijuana, heroin, oxy. Everything that's bad that people think is good. (laughs) (laughs) It's off the top, I will say, it's not funny. Drugs by itself are not funny. They are scourge. They're destroying the fabric of the society. We're catching kids as young as 10, 11, 12 with hard narcotics. And it's not even the hard narcotics anymore. Now it's mom and dad's pills out of mom and dad's medicine cabinet. You know, uh, Xanax. Sounds harmless. It's not harmless by any stretch. And But the funny side of it is where these people hide it. The things they say, the things they do. When you pull them over or you make contact with them, you know they have it on them and the way they're acting and where you end up finding it. That's that's the funny. So that's what we're here today to talk about, J-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love taking dealers to jail. That's my favorite part. You know, you are a scourge on society. I want you to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, the end users, it's sad. You want to feel bad for them. They got hooked into this somehow. They didn't start out from birth a druggie. Okay, they started somewhere, and people say marijuana is a gateway drug. That's I don't I don't believe that. I've met people who've never done another drug in their life other than marijuana. That's all they've ever done. I've met a guy that smoked marijuana and then he smoked crack. I I don't know I don't know where the gate obviously was down a dark road somewhere. I, a country back road. Did he put down the doobie and pick up the crack pipe? I don't know what. You know what I mean? I've never heard. Like you got. I, I just never heard that in my life. This is when I was younger. Um, so I don't honestly believe marijuana is a gateway drug, though. I don't, because you meet people who've never done another drug in their life other than marijuana. Yeah. And then you meet people that have done every drug there is known to man. There's usually a catalyst behind that. Yeah. These days, it's the over prescription of pain medication, and when they pull those pain meds especially when they're opiate-based pain meds, they have no other choice but to turn to morphine, fentanyl, heroin to get that opiate back in their system. Oh, yeah. So I blame the modern pharmaceutical industry for a lot of that. You know, you got a guy who genuinely hurt his back. He had a normal job, wife, kids, hurt his back. And the pain was excruciating, and they were giving him oxy, you know, hillbilly heroin, as we call it. And (laughs) then they pulled the drugs. So sorry, um, we think, you know, now you're just a user. Well, he still, his body still needs that opiate. Yeah. So now he's going to turn to heroin or fentanyl or whatever he can get his hands on. That's an opiate-based drug. And then his whole life just starts going down the crapper. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't believe marijuana is a gateway drug by any stretch. I really don't. You know, pot users are strictly pretty much pot users. And in fact, a lot of the potheads I know don't even drink alcohol. <laughs> They're a pot user. <laughs> that's, no, yeah. that's what they are. And... The ones I do know that do both, they're far better under weed than they are under alcohol. Oh, absolutely. Alcohol turns you into a demon. Yeah. Weed turns you into a, a tired, hungry dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like listeners have, have been told before, I've told listeners before, I was an interdiction officer. Now, I'd like to specify what that means, J-Man, if you'll bear with me. People hear the word interdiction, they automatically think narcotics only. And that's not, that's not accurate. Interdiction means intercepting crime. So whether that is drugs, whether that is guns, whether that is mail fraud, whether that is child pornography, whether that is stolen cars, whether it's regular fraud like a giant stack of fake license plates in the trunk, Mm -hmm. it's a crime. 
So the people you pull over are going to display those deceptive behaviors because they know they're caught. So I'll give you a great example. When I was on the interdiction unit, I pulled over this vehicle for tailgating. And I told you this story, J-Man. I pulled him over for tailgating. Now, by itself, not a big deal. It's a ticket. And if I'd have walked up on the car and had no other indications of crime, he'd have gotten his citation or warning for tailgating and have a nice day, drive safe. But when I walked up on the vehicle, now, let me set the stage. It's 11 in the morning. It's a nice, cool winter morning, Texas winter morning, so it's still like 60 degrees. But he is sweating profusely. And I mean pouring sweat. And this is what I call fear sweat. Mm-hmm. You're sweating because you're scared, not because you're hot. I start, hey, I'm, you know, I'm stopping you for X, Y, Z, you know, and they got driver's license for me and he hands me his license. Oh, do you still live at this address? Looks me right in the eye. Oh, yeah, I still live at this address. Okay, good deal. Where are you coming from? And that's when he looked away. Alrighto. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Maybe it's the highway. What'd you say? And he looked away from me again, Laredo. Until finally I heard him say Laredo. I was like, okay, all right. So I was figuring out rapidly that he was already displaying deceptive behaviors because he has no problem looking me in the eye and answering me clearly. When I ask him a question, he already knows I know the answer to because I'm holding his license. And when I ask him problematic questions, where are you coming from? Now he cannot look me in the eye any longer. So anybody who has kids knows when your kids are lying to you. <laughs> they'll look you in the eye when they're telling you the truth and they'll do everything other than look you in the eye when they're lying to you. Now by itself, that's not an indicator. It's just a clue, but it just got worse and worse. He couldn't give me answers. I asked him where he's going. I'm going to my aunt's house. Oh, what's her address? I don't know. She said she would text it to me when I got to city limits. Huh? That's terrific. That, that's normal. Yeah. 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 I always just drive towards the city <laughs> and they'll tell me where I'm going when I get there. These days, they just text you the address or send you a location, and you just put it in your GPS, you know, but you generally know where you're going. I drove to my cousin Bobby's house, and he didn't tell me where he stayed at until I turned the corner. Okay, was cousin Bobby involved in something he shouldn't have been? (laughs) By and large, you know where you're going. So by the time it's all said and done, and I finally have enough evidence that there's something going on in this car, pull him out of the car, handcuff him, throw him in the seat. When I search the vehicle, I find over 500 stolen credit cards. Initially, I was pretty thrilled, and then I realized how much is going to suck putting all that into evidence. But what it was, it was part of a major stolen credit card ring. Now everybody's like, oh, but that's not meth. That's not heroin. Still a pretty major crime. Oh, yeah. Credit card theft is a big problem. It credit is. Credit card you know, fraud is a huge problem. So, yes, it wasn't meth. It wasn't heroin. It wasn't coke. But it was a hell of a major, you know, federal. In fact, it did become federal. The FBI did get involved, and they actually took that case over. Yeah, they should have. So, Good. I intercepted a crime. So do I like drugs? Yes. I I prefer to get the 50 kilos of cocaine or the 100 pounds of meth or, you know, the 10,000 fentanyl pills. Absolutely. I'd love to get that. I mean, all day long, every cop's dream is to get a hit like that. But you have to open your mind and broaden your skill set a little bit and realize there's other crimes out there. You know, and the dog may not hit on the car because it's not drugs. It could be stolen guns. You know, the car, the VIN could have been swapped on the car. You're not paying attention that the VIN on the, the dash does not match the VIN on the door. And then when you run them both and figure out, okay, this is stolen. Because they, they replaced the VIN. They put a different door on the truck that had a different VIN number than the one on the dash. And they took the one off the dash off. Mm-hmm. Which is a federal, or it's not a federal, it's a felony by itself. Yeah, oh yeah. And then you run the VIN when you pull down the glove box and there's the real VIN and the car stolen. So you just intercepted a crime. Hmm. Yeah. So this is what I, but... Here today, though, we're going to talk about drugs. 
because that is the most common people can identify with. You see it on TV, you see it in person, maybe you have friends or family that have been around it or they got caught or whatever. Everybody can have a basis of reference for drugs, and whether that is weed, whether that's coke, whether it's hash, whether it's oxy, fentanyl, cocaine, meth, heroin, tramadol. It's all drugs, and it all has its basis in money. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is truly the root of all evil is money. And they're not selling drugs because it's free. So the root is money. <laughs> so you know, you've had to have had at least one or two stops, a uh, hundred, I'm sure. And you've had your share of drug hits. Yeah, no, it's, uh, a lot of it, too, is um, weed. It's the, it's the easiest one to identify with because of the smell. Well, the smell, yeah. yeah it's pungent. I mean, it's, it's very, very distinct odor. And... I think most recently it only resulted in a ticket because, you know, it wasn't enough to even worth, like, booking this person on. No, PDP? Yeah, because uh, yeah. certain certain counties, depending on where they are, population, uh, their stance on, you know, the justice system, mm-hmm. they're not taking a marijuana charge if it's under two ounces. So, you know, I'm just going to write them a drug paraphernalia charge, PDP. It was right there, like... I smelled it right away. And I said, hey, man, do you have any marijuana in the car? No, I do not. Are you sure? No. I mean, he said, yes, I'm sure. Now, what he didn't know is that I saw the plastic baggie in the center. Um, I don't want to call it a center console because I didn't have to open anything. It was just a compartment, a compartment that you can, like, double as an ashtray. Mm-hmm. He had it right there. And I'm like, man, you sure you don't have anything in the car? No, okay. Well, step out. I'm going to search it. And that's the first place I went to, and I said, well, what's this? A little stupid little bud in there, but that's just one example of just how do you not know? I don't know if he just panicked, and he just, he just automatically forgot because he panicked. Oh, man, that's my cousin's. I didn't even ask him whose it was. Yeah, he just said, oh, that's my cousin's. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> uh, I think we're all used to the phrase, these aren't my pants. Yeah. I've actually heard that one. I thought when I first came across that was something from the movies, honestly, because – who would say some shit like that? And then I found out that is a very common, these are not my pants. I'm like, holy shit, this actually is a real thing. People actually say that and think you believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites, and I know you've heard this one, is there anything illegal in this car you shouldn't have? Not that I know of. Yeah. All, that means yes. Oh, that means yes. A that is percent. yes every time. What you're saying is the answer is yes, but I don't want to say yes. That way I can claim no knowledge of it when you find it. <laughs> and that'll be their defense in court. We know what that we know what that means. Oh, yeah. Not that I know of is absolutely 100%. I've yet to find that to be a lie. <laughs> uh, Crown Royal bags. I've never found Crown Royal in a Crown Royal bag. Not once. <laughs> Not once have I found Crown Royal in a Crown Royal bag. Just once. I think if I did, I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> you really are a good citizen. <laughs> Just don't drink this while driving. Have a nice day. Um, meth is the big scourge in this area. Um and I've run out of more test kits for meth than any other drug. I think I still have my original heroin test kits, honestly. But yeah. I've run out of my coke and meth kits a long time ago and have to keep getting new ones from narcotics. I go over, nar- hey, I need a test kit. They'll give me a whole box. Heroin, I think I, out of the 50 I originally had, I think I have like 30 still. It's not a super common drug down here. It, yeah, it isn't. Yeah. It goes in waves. Mm-hmm. You'll see it spike for a little while and it'll drop again. And you can always tell when, the, when heroin's on the rise when uh, shoplifting goes up. Yeah. Then that's how you know heroin's back on the rise. That's the number one drug for thieves in stores and Walmarts and Targets and Dollar Generals is heroin. Yep. I did a traffic stop one night. It was just speeding. That's all it was. When I walk up on the car, though, 
And anybody who's in law enforcement knows what a meth user's car looks like on the inside. It is as random as it gets. Yeah. It is just filled with the most random shit you're ever going to find. He's just looking at the car going, I really don't have to arrest this person, please, because <laughs> that means I have to search this car, and I really don't want to. <laughs> I'm talking to the guy, and I look right down the center console, and I see the white baggie with a white powdery substance right down the center console. I already know what it is. I'm looking at it. So I say, hey, man, um, what is that? And he goes, he looks me right in the eye. I mean, and I, I was impressed. Look me right in the eye. It's powdered sugar. Powdered sugar, you say. Go and step out of the car. I cuffed him. Sir, that's powdered sugar. No, it's not. Goes, okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to test it with my test kit, and we're going to find out what it is. But I'm going to go with meth. That's going to be my guess. Mm-hmm. And he just, no, no. He kept just, that's powdered sugar. But he wouldn't answer the questions about why he would have powdered sugar. Like, okay, well, then why do you have powdered sugar in your center console? Give me something. I just, my friend, I borrowed powdered sugar, and all he had was a baggie to put it in. He didn't have a container. Okay, that semi makes sense, but he couldn't even give me that. <laughs> so I tested for meth, and, well, wouldn't you know it, positive for meth. <laughs> the funny part of that, it was just sitting right there in the console. He didn't even try to hide it. Yeah. He's just so used to it, I think. No, no. That in his mind, it's not even there anymore. It's camouflaged. <laughs> so... It was mind-blowing, and I just kind of had to just, like, facepalm my own self. Oh, my God, really? Are you serious? So it's, it's stuff like that. You know what's in the car. You see all the paraphernalia, the little torch lighters. Yeah. That, but there's no cigarettes in the car. There's no cigarillos in the car, but they got a torch lighter. I'm like. Well, they're a mini welder. Yeah. They build yeah. Uh, figurines out of paper clips. I've actually heard that one. That they were a mini welder? Yes, that one I heard. I said, why do you have this? And he goes, I'm a welder. <laughs> <laughs> where's your melt? Where's your welding? Like, like every welder I know has got burn marks on their arms from the sparks. Mm-hmm. Every single one, every welder I've ever met has got burn marks on their neck from where underneath the, the helmet they wear and on their forearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Well, what do you weld for? Oh, my uncle sometimes when he needs welders. Oh, where'd you get your welding certificates? Oh, I mean, he just, he taught me how to do it. Ah, huh, okay. I don't, where's your burns at? How long, well, I think I asked for how long you've been welding. Okay. You know, and he's like, I mean, I have a couple years now. No, maybe he wears long sleeves. Maybe. I won't jump to conclusions. But he had no burn marks on his forearms, no burn marks on his neck. Like, you're not a fucking welder. Okay, nice try. And I said, dude, where's the meth pipe in this car? (laughs) And he just looked down and the shoulders slumped. And you know what that means when the shoulders slump. (laughs) Game over. Yeah. You got him. The jig is up. The jig is up. They're, they're about to be honest. And you know what's coming. You're like, oh, here we go. Finally, the shoulders folks tell us everything. And he pulls the fucking meth pipe out from me in the center of the console. Thank you. Where's the meth? <laughs> it's, it's in my pocket, sir. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. Go and step out of the car for me. Cuff him. Pull the meth out. It's only a couple of G's. It's personal use. But yeah, because I saw a welding. But the car didn't smell like cigarettes. The yeah. car didn't smell like cigar- cigars. There's only one reason to have those kinds of torches, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unless you're a motorcycle rider who likes to write, light his cigarette while he's riding, then, yeah, you need a torch. Mm-hmm. Anybody else, that's for her- or meth oh, and yeah. heroin, cooking the spoon or cooking the pipe. Mm-hmm. We know what it's for. Yeah. And they think they're so bright. Or cigarillo wrappers. People don't buy cigarillos because they like the taste of cigarillos. We know this. Yeah, they're disgusting. And it's funny as hell when I'm standing in line in uniform, and there's a kid in front of me ordering wraps. And then they hand them, they turn around and see me, I'm just smiling, hi. 
<laughs> and they walk out very mechanically like there's something wedged in their ass. And hell, that probably is. And out the door they go, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know if I stop that car, there's going to be weed in there. You know what? I don't, I don't care. Because <laughs> you know? I'm looking for meth, heroin, coke, oxy, fentanyl. Fentanyl, I've not really seen much of. Here. I haven't seen it either. Um, I think I've seen it once. Once. And I didn't realize it was even fentanyl at first because it was homemade pills with a pill press. Yeah. But it doesn't have that gel coating that commercial pills have to keep it together. So when it starts flaking really quickly, it's probably fentanyl. I've seen a lot of a lot of pills that are just pressed because you can't you can't identify them like you said. So yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, so you always got to get you sent off to see you know what the substance is. Yep. But a lot of pressed pills. Uh, prescription medication. So the law in Texas, and I think it's every state, honestly, but I know for Texas for sure is any medication must be in the original prescription container. With the doctor's name, how many pills, when it was issued, and the person was issued to, and what the drug's name is. It has to be in that container. So you pull these people over, and they got a bunch of mixed bag of medication in a little baggie. Like, well, that's my medication. Where's the prescription container? So I can verify that. Oh, I don't have it. Uh-huh. Right. Oh, it's not vitamins? Yeah, it's not vitamins. It's not multivitamin? Yeah, that's not my favorite Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> So even prescription medication is becoming a major problem um, yeah. because it's easier to get a hold of, especially for the younger kids in high school, middle school. They go through parents' medicine cabinet, mm-hmm. and that's where they find it. And sadly, some of these kids are overdosing on this crap. You know, and now the parents are being charged because it was available to a child, which sucks because now it's just destroying all these lives behind it. Um, we find a lot of THC vape pens in high school and middle school. That is now be- becoming a major issue. Um, just in general, it, it's it's bad. Oh, it's horrible. It's, um, it's stronger than smoking a leaf. Well, yeah, because a lot of these vapes are like ninety seven percent, ninety eight percent pure THC. So instead of smoking a blunt, which might be forty percent THC by content, you're talking almost hundred percent pure THC. So mm-hmm. it's like a freight train hitting their brain. Oh yeah. And these kids are already slow and stupid as it is because they're teenagers. All teenagers are slow and stupid. I know I was. I didn't need to add marijuana to that mix to make it worse. Mm-hmm. So problem with THC is like this county, they won't take it until it's been tested. Problem is they're not going to bother testing it. So the kids get the free ride on it. Yeah. So that's okay. what I've seen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. When I was narcotics interdiction, I did get a guy with a duffel bag with about 300 THC cartridges in it. That's a lot. Yeah. And the car smelled like regular weed and who screwed him was the girl in the back seat. Because these two weren't smoking weed. She did in the car. So when I smelled the weed in the car, guess what? Everybody's getting searched. And the guy in the front passenger did not want to leave that bag in that car. I said, leave it. And he, I'm going to leave it. He did not. He had it right between his feet. And he did not want to leave that bag in the car. And he was getting pissed. I said, you don't got a choice. That's uh, that's coming with me. So I said, get out. So I made them all get out of the car. I bring them all to the back. I'm by myself. So I cuff all three of them because I'm by myself. So I cuff all three. I went straight to that bag. I went straight to that bag. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, but it was just my weed. It was just my weed. I don't know. The car smells it. Guess what? The whole car is getting searched. Anywhere that could hold marijuana is getting searched. Open that bag. It's 300 cartridges of vape oil. Yeah, Man. that's a pretty good whack. Oh, yeah. So Really good whack. Oh, yeah. I was pretty thrilled with that. And it was a simple traffic stop for fair to maintain a single lane. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. He crossed over the yellow line and then back forth without a signal. Well, I'll just stop and see what's going on. 
That's what got him. But if his girlfriend in the back seat had not been smoking weed, I would have had no legal reason to search that car. Yeah. So she screwed them both. And oh, they yeah. both were glaring at her like you. I mean, they wanted, they were mad. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you're going to commit crime, pro tip, don't commit crime. Yeah, yeah. Don't. If you're transporting drugs. Don't commit another crime on top of it. Don't smoke weed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for the, thank you for the probable cause search car. We do appreciate that every time. <laughs> Well, even when they do legalize it here in Texas, and they eventually are going to legalize it here mm-hmm. in Texas, there's still going to be rules. Yeah. It'll have to be in the original dispensary container, sealed from the store to your private residence. So if the car smells like weed, that means you open that container. Yeah. Like so guess what? We're going to search the car. Even uh, from, you know, my hometown state, they decriminalized marijuana, you know, in an effort to uh, depopulate jails, jail, prisons, yeah. whatever. But I think the trade-off with that was, because to me, it's all trade-offs. You want to do one thing, mm-hmm. you're going to expect a negative uh, negative outcome because it's just it's going to happen with everything. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of the worst drivers anytime I go back home. And then yeah. it always smells like weed. Yes. So, I, I mean, I can just ima- automatically tell if it's usually 3 p.m. or 2 p.m., I highly doubt that they're drunk. It's just they're probably just high mm-hmm. and they can't drive. Mm-hmm. And they suck at driving because anybody who smoked marijuana knows how you feel under the effects when you're high. You shouldn't be driving because you're mm-hmm. going to be a terrible driver. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it just, it's just insane. So that's that's. I mean, that's going to be the big point. The big problem we're going to see is a lot of impaired driving. And that was what a lot of that saw in California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado states that legalized it completely saw a massive spike in fatality crashes from impairment of marijuana. Mm-hmm. A massive spike. Yeah. And. All it did was people thought, now, I can smoke and drive now because it's legal. No, no. The marijuana itself is legal to do at home or whatever. You cannot drive, though, on it. That has not changed. Mm -hmm. That that had not changed. and their mind, it had changed. So now, as we all know, the effects of alcohol, 0.08, you're legally impaired in every state in the U.S. except Utah, which is Mm 0.05. But they've not quantified the amount of THC in the blood yet for impairment under marijuana. And that's what they're still trying to figure out at NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic, National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, mm-hmm. pretty much administers anything impaired-related driving, driving, right. driving while impaired. They, they're not able to quantify yet what amount of THC in the blood renders you impaired. So that's the issue. So I can arrest you based on the way you were driving and your failure of the field sobriety test and lack of convergence, modified Romberg, all that. But when they get the blood results back and it's only so many nanograms per... I don't know, liter of blood or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. I'm not a DRE. They, the, jur- the defense attorney take and go, well, how do you know he was impaired from that amount? Based yeah. on what I saw, his driving, the field sobriety test, the lack of convergence, the modified Romberg, his admitting to, I just smoked right before you pulled me over. Yeah, but how do we know this amount made him impaired? Yeah. And that's the big argument right now. Mm-hmm. So... And while marijuana, like I've said before in previous episodes, I don't personally care about marijuana. Never fought a pothead. But you need to be smart about it. Do it at home. Yeah. Smoke in the privacy of your house and whatever. I don't care. Don't have it in your car. Don't smoke and then drive. So it's still a drug. It is still legal. And even when it's legal, it'll still have effects that you shouldn't be driving on. Just like alcohol. Alcohol is legal. But it's illegal to be impaired and drive a car. Yeah. So nothing says you can't enjoy a beer at a bar. Uber, Lyft. Phone a friend, sleep in your back seat. Do not drive your car for the love of God, please. It's the same with any drug. Heroin, meth, coke, it doesn't matter. You're impaired. The whole reason you take that drug is it impairs you in some way. Yeah. So do you should you be behind the wheel of a five thousand pound piece of metal? 
Hell no. Because you're going to make bad decisions. And driving is all about good judgment and good decision making. Absolutely. As soon as you're impaired, first thing to go is what? Judgment. Judgment, yeah. And away it goes. Mm-hmm. And then everything else just crashes behind it. So that, that's my issue. But the, the funny is where you find it on these people. Um, when I worked the jail and we were changing out inmates, uh, for those that have never been to jail, and hopefully none of our listeners have, they make you strip and they search you and they put you in jail clothes. And I had this kid come in. He was 19 years old, young kid. And I was like, all right, and I'm just in a hurry that night. Just like, come on, I got a lot of you to do. Let's go, let's go switch out. And I make him, drop trial, man, I got things to do. And I made him, hey, lift your testicles. He lifted them real fast, and then he put them back down. But I saw this flash of white. And I said, turn around, bend over, and spread your cheeks and do it now. And he didn't want to. Like, he tried to do it real quick, and I saw it that second time. So I pulled my taser and said, now, you can do this last time. You can do what I tell you to. I'm going to run 50,000 volts to your naked ass. Let's go. <laughs> He did it, and this massive golf ball-sized bag of coke fell out of his butthole and hit the ground. He was bringing it in to the other gangbangers. Mm-hmm. He got himself arrested to bring it in, yeah. and he was trying to sneak it through. So not only did I ruin his job for him, he got his ass kicked by those same autohomes later because he failed. <laughs> they weren't mad at me. I even told him who found it. I went up to that unit and told, hey, I'm the one who found your all stuff. Sorry, guys. They still kicked his ass. They weren't even mad at me. They were mad at him because he got caught. Not mad at me for finding it. They figured that was just me doing my job. They were pissed at him because he didn't do his. Yeah. Now, I don't care where you are. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Females will use their prison wallet. I've actually had that happen. Uh, Assigned to the booking section when I was uh, working the jail. And I'm just, we're getting, we're getting, um, we're separating the men from the women. And the women are about to, uh, get a strip search conducted on them, of course, by female officers, no male officers, because that's unethical and stupid. So <laughs> And a violation of policy. Absolutely. <laughs> so we, uh, I'm giving the, um, giving the female officer the names of the uh, women that are going to be strip searched. And all of a sudden, I notice one of them gets super nervous, look around, and quickly put something in their mouth. Uh-huh. So I kind of ignore it for like a split second because I still have other things to do. But then I turn around like, hey, what are you chewing on? So uh-huh. I do, I'm just chewing on gum. Uh-huh. I'm like, gum? And I'm like, you're not supposed to have gum. So, so what are you talking about? And I start walking closer because I'm like, I have a glove on. I'm like, okay, you want to spit it out? And I smell weed. And yep. I'm like, who over here has weed? And it's funny because, you, know, no you know, no one ever snitches, right? But, of course, when two people sitting next to the middle individual that's smoking weed... And they gonna, both move. They're going to snitch. You just snitch. So, for <laughs> you know snitching folks out there, if you move away from an individual doing something wrong, guess what? You just snitched. So, mm-hmm. she, so she, spits it, uh, she spits it out. Spits, uh, spits everything out of her mouth. And it's chewed plastic, chewed weed. And then she gives me the rest of the plastic that she had. Now, she had it in her prison wallet. And let's just say it was her time of the month. So... Folks, if you don't understand what we That's mean by gross. prison wallet, we're talking about the uh, vagina, if no one knows what a prison wallet is on a female. Yeah. It, that's what it is. It, it, it was gross. It oh, was, yeah. It, that's really gross. That's one of those days you just wish you missed it. Like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what? I wish I hadn't smelled that. Yeah, it's, it yeah. was pretty sick. So, you know, she got charged or whatever, and it's been it's since been dismissed because she was already in there for a bunch of other felonies. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty sick. I, pull, I pulled over a gal one night, and... As I walked up, I saw her throw something in her mouth, and my first thought was a mint because maybe she's impaired. Like, oh, let me—the smell of alcohol is pouring out of my 
body and every pore I've got in my body, but let me throw this mint in my mouth and he won't smell the alcohol. <laughs> and I walked up and I smelled no alcohol. Eyes were clear. Speech was clear. And I'm like, and I asked her, what did you put in your mouth? And don't lie to me. Open your mouth, lift your tongue. Well, she did. And there was nothing there. I'm like, what did you swallow? Do I need to start an ambulance? And she, no, 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 no. I'm like, you swallowed something and you need to tell me because I don't need you dying on me. What did you swallow? She flat out just refused to. I'm like, well, whatever. She gives me her ID. She has a felony warrant. When I go to jail anyway, so I pull her out. I cover. Her. I get her into the jail. Put it, you know, process her through, and I'm gone. An hour later, the jail calls me. She had swallowed heroin. Oh. And it exploded in her stomach. The balloon, the balloon popped in her stomach, and so now she was an OD, and they had to rush her to the hospital. Now they didn't put that on me. What was I supposed to do? You know, I can't dissect her to get it. I have no proof that she actually did swallow something. All I have is my suspicion she did, but I didn't actually see. I just thought it looked what appeared to be something in her mouth, but how do I know for sure? So they weren't mad at me. It, was, it is what it was, but they were letting me know, hey, just, you know, she almost died. She overdosed on heroin that she had swallowed. I was like, son of a bitch, I was right. So, yeah. Or how about those, uh, you know, you stop somebody and they get out and they try to drop what they have. Yes. Immediately when they get out in yes. front of you, like it they didn't happen or they hide under their shoe or their foot. Or something just yes. like And then they won't move. It. And then they won't move from that spot. Like, step over here. No, I'm good. Step over here. And or you see them try to scrub their foot across. I'm like, no, lift your feet and walk. <laughs> so we're never fooled. If we pull over a car and you immediately get out of the car and then walk to the back of your car, we know there's something in that car. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to distance yourself from the car. Oh, yeah. We're not stupid. Go back and sit in your car right now. Put your seatbelt back on for me. And they do not want to. Nope. They'd rather take off running or do anything other than get behind the wheel of that car again. I already know what's in that car. Yeah. And they always tell me. I'm going to ask them, why the hell did you get out of the car? Well, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Everyone knows you don't get out of the car on a traffic stop. Everyone knows you stay in the car with your window down and your hands are where you can see and we walk up and talk to you. Nobody's ever told you it's okay to get out of the car on a traffic stop. What's in that car? And sometimes they'll tell you, oh, I got some, I got some shit. Okay, fine. What do you got? <laughs> Others, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. I'm like, right. <laughs> so that's when you walk up. Why are you looking at my car? Because I can. Now, I'm not looking in their car. I'm looking from the outside into their car. That's plain view. That's plain view. Hey, that's, that looks like weed in the center console. No, I'm searching the car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, look, there was heroin under the seat or meth or Coke or a stolen gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they wanted away from that car so bad. Oh, it's yeah. It's obvious as hell. They, they want to separate themselves from what is making them nervous. You will see them step further and further away from that car as you talk to them. By the time you're done, they're practically standing in the field because <laughs> they just do not want to be anywhere near that car. All these are indicators if you pay attention to them. They're telling you what's happening. Oh, if yeah. you actually look at them. Mm-hmm. So deceptive behavior is an incredibly powerful thing. We all know what a liar looks like. We all know what a liar looks like. And the base behaviors don't really change person to person, unless you're just talking to a psycho, someone who's absolutely sociopathic. Yeah, they, yeah. Can, lie. they can lie to you without a twitch. But the average person, their behaviors change when they're telling you information that is not true. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing about lie detectors. You know, they, that's they're basing it off of his bodily readings, questions that you're. We know you're telling the truth because they're baseline questions and questions you're lying, and we can tell the difference of your body reactions. Yeah, because they're the uh, our bodies do make those physiological responses. Yes, they do. When we lie, I yep. mean, because we. No, I don't think any outside of a sociopath, no uh, individual is brought up to be a liar. No, we're brought up to tell the truth to at least some extent of capacity. Mm-hmm. It's just as we age. Oh, what do your parents always say? Don't yeah. lie to me. Tell me the truth. Yeah. Tell me what happened. And your first instinct is to tell them the truth. And if you're going to lie about it, your body's going to change. 
So that's that's why these people, when they look away from you, when they look up left, or they look down and away, or they whisper, that's pretty good indications of deceptive behavior. So if I ask you a question that you and I both know the answer to, you're going to look me right in the eye and, and give me that answer. And then when I ask a question that you know is a problem, you're going to give me a completely different physiological response. Oh, yeah. I can articulate that, and I can write that down. Mm-hmm. Like, I asked him his name is John Smith. He looked me right in the eye and said, John Smith, where are you going? Looked away, mumbled, wouldn't answer me. Okay. Why will you not? Where are you going again? And they, again, <laughs> they mumble it. Those are physiological indicators of deception. Yep. So, and I already know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got something. There's something in this car. It may not be 50 kilos of meth. It may not be anything major. But in his mind, it's a bowling ball-sized fuck-up. In us, it may be a gram of weed. And we're like, whatever. But in his mind, it's a major problem. Yeah, I mean, had that happened too. This is a this case has already been adjudicated on. It's been a couple. It's been a couple years already, but it stopped a guy for uh, traffic violations. Minor um, had a white light coming from the rear of his car. Mm-hmm. Tail lamp was also defective, mm-hmm. and he had no license plate light. So a bunch of equipment violations. Pull him over, and you know the little uh, the little Lego minifigure, the the bank robber looking one. Mm-hmm. That's how this guy looked. Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, if that gives you any clue, way like, to stereotype. I like it. Well, I'm sorry. He looked like a Lego <laughs> minifigure. Like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that's, that's what he looks like. And I'm just like, okay, cool. So I, I introduce myself to him, tell him what he stopped for, and just right off the bat, he's just acting weird. And mind you, this is a this is a Texas winter. Um, I was assigned to dog watch night shift. So it's about, I want to say it was about 15 to 20 degrees. Like it was a pretty chilly night, but this dude is sweating. This dude is sweating like it's a summer, like it's a summer afternoon. Mm -hmm. And it it wasn't just normal sweat. Like somebody has the heater on with warm clothes. Like I could see the beads of sweat actually forming on his face. Mm -hmm. He would not look at me for nothing. Mm -hmm. He kept moving his hands and not in just like a, well, I'm just trying to look for the documents you gave me. It's, I'm going to have it here. Then I'm going to slide it here. Then I'm going to slide it over to the passenger seat. And then I'm going to just come back. And for a while, I'm just like, okay. He just told me he was nervous because, you know, he's been in jail. He's been pulled over before. I hear that pretty often for mm-hmm. people. That's been, a common one. It's a common thing. So I just ignore it. But I keep it in the back of my head. Yep. Get his information. Now... The person's information that he gave me did not match him, mm-hmm. which was funny because I think the individual on the driver's license was like 5'11", almost six feet. But this dude was my height. And newsflash, I'm not six feet. So <laughs> so I, I get him out the car. I call him on his bluff. And then that's when you can just see it all, just the shakiness. The house of cards comes crashing he, down. Yep. I can see him visibly shake. I could see his chest. I could tell he was breathing rapidly because I can watch his chest expand. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I hyper, I guess I hyper focused on his body language specifically. And at the end of the day, it turned out he had two warrants, two felony warrants. Did he have anything else in the car? No, he so gave me just, consent. It was just the fear of being caught he, for the warrants. He gave me consent to search the car and there was nothing in there. But then when we found his actual identity... Yeah, he had two felony warrants. Yep. And the funny thing is, he told me he didn't have his wallet. He didn't have his wallet with it was his in license. The car? No, no, it wasn't in the car, but he didn't have it in the beginning. Found it in his pocket. Oh, okay. They were like, hey, yeah. man, who's this? Because this looks a lot like you. That ain't me. 
well, whose ID is this that you have? Oh, it's my brother's. You have your brother's ID? Yep. Makes no sense. Always problematic. I'm like, hey, man, that looks like you, so we ran it. Da-da. There yep. you go. I love that sound. <laughs> my favorite sound on earth is da I love that sound. <laughs> there's, there's something that's going to be good for me and bad for you. Oh, yeah. Two, yep. two felony warrants. Two for... That, you know, I do love a twofer. Mm-hmm. Uh, why take him for one? You can get him for two. Oh, yeah. And because he lied to you and he had a Texas warrant, you added that charge, I assume. Oh, yeah, sure Fair did. to a peace sure officer with a Texas warrant? Sure Absolutely. Did. I love that charge because it's going to go on file that you're a liar. Mm-hmm. And I want it on file. Yeah, and, and, and that goes back to what you explained in the very beginning because even for me, like, whenever I hear interdiction, I quickly think, back to narcotics Mm -hmm. because that's really all you hear and associate with narcotics Mm -hmm. and money. That's really it on, on on a highway. This dude was stopped on a farm to market road. I mean, just nowhere near a highway. And I mean, in the middle of the night, he honestly was out to go burglarize some, uh, to burglarize some homes though, or some vehicles because we couldn't prove they were burglary tools. Well, come on, man. What guy needs like seven flathead, uh, flathead screwdrivers that are kind of like shaved like a certain way? Yep. He has a bunch of, he has a bolt cutter, a big pry bar. Yeah. And he told me he was, oh, that was another thing. He told me he was delivering uh, DoorDash and he had no food. He told me he was on a current delivery with no food in the car. So he clearly did not think this through. Right. And it would have yeah. made sense if he said, oh, I'm going to pick up the food. Okay. But he was on a current delivery. Pull your app up and with, let me see. <laughs> yeah, right. A current delivery with no food. Yeah. Yeah, he was full of the brown stuff. <laughs> um, I learned interdiction from some of the legends in this business. Um, Captain Blake Swikert, who is on the Nebraska Highway Narcotic Interdiction Unit. The man is the scourge of the cartel. And he's fantastic at it. Or Billy Size and Ronnie Stiltner, who are... Interdiction legends here in Texas, and they're on the I-20 between Midland and Odessa. And those guys have knocked down more meth, more heroin, more money. So those three together were the ones that taught me how to do this. And it's like those guys are mind readers. And that's what I thought at first. They were not mind readers. Mm-hmm. They just doing this so long, they could spot it instantly. Yeah. And they could articulate it. And it was problem solved. Um, Captain Swikert ended up getting, oh, some like ungodly $12 million cartel money bust. That's insane. Of, it, yeah. Oh, and they put a they put a price on his head for a while, and then they dropped it. But yeah, for a while he was a marked man with the cartel because that's a pretty big whack. It you is know, ten thousand here, thirty thousand there, a hundred thousand. That's costume business. Twelve, thirteen million. That is not the costume business. That's that's money that someone's losing. Someone's dying. Someone's probably hanging off an overpass in Juarez right now because of that. Oh yeah, yeah. So and then Ronnie Stiltner and Billy Sides. And if anybody is interested in that is law enforcement because these are they teach. Um, they teach advanced roadside interrogation techniques, vehicle searches, and you have to be law enforcement to take these, this training. It's called HITS. If law enforcement only, though, you have to be active duty law enforcement to take these schools. They will not allow civilians to take them for good reason. But they're legends. And I learned so much from these guys. And I believe Billy Sides is now retired as teaching full-time. I think Ronnie's still up there on the I-20 being the scourge of the cartel out of El Paso on the 20 all the way to Dallas. <laughs> So, and then Captain Swikert, I do believe he is still the head of the Narcotics Interdiction Task Force in Nebraska. And the way Blake Swikert gets away with it is he is from Georgia. He was a Georgia State Police Officer when he retired, then he went to uh, Nebraska and got on with them and did the same thing. He sounds stupid as hell. I say that, and you're looking at me, well, that's, that's rude. He does it on purpose. The man has a master's degree in constitutional law. The man is one of the smartest men I've ever met, but he sounds dumb because he's from Georgia. And so he uses that. He lets them think he's stupid on these traffic stops. 
Oh, this guy's a moron. This guy's a tool. And he just, yeah, yeah, how you doing? Oh, yeah, no shit, sweet. And he just sticks it up their ass with their own mouth when he's done. Is that your Georgia accent? Yeah, that was my Georgia accent. I'm I'm too smart to put on a Georgia accent. Maybe Louisiana I could try. Um, but I'm still too Northern California to pull that off. Um, but he uses that against them. They automatically assume he's dumb because of his Georgia accent, and he and he plays on that. And then he just right down the yellow brick road and right in handcuffs. And he has got this man has gotten thousands of pounds of it, but everything you think of money. Ronnie Stiltner, Billy Sides, they've done it. We got a couple guys here in Texas. They're still active. I'm not going to say their names and who they work for, but they're really good guys. They know their trade. And so we're always on the lookout for drugs, but that should not be your default mindset. There are right. so many other things, guns, mm-hmm. child pornography, f- mail fraud. For people like mail fraud, that's not a big deal. It is if it's your identity that gets stolen. Yeah. Then it's a big deal. That, because honestly, that messes up your life. Yeah, identity theft in general is just a big problem right now. Yeah. So when you, for any officers listening to this, every traffic stop you do is interdiction. You're intercepting crime. And they need to think that way. They need to stop thinking about drugs, start thinking about anything criminal. Yeah. And just because they're showing deceptive indicators does not mean there's something in the car. Like J-Man just said, that person had nothing in the car, but he had felony warrants. Mm-hmm. So he's still going to display those deceptive indicators because he's lying about who he is. Yep. So you, y'all need to pay attention to that, guys. And for the civilians listening, we're on to you. We can tell when you're lying. Cops are human lie detectors, born and bred. We know when we're being lied to. We're just waiting to see how long you're going to let this go before we finally just get frustrated and tell you what we already know. <laughs> I like that game. That's one of my favorite games is I'm just going to let you, uh-huh, what else, uh-huh, what else? I already know the truth. I either saw the video, I saw you do it, or I already have five witnesses that told me what you did. And I'm just waiting to go, dude, are you done? Yep. This is a fairy tale. Just tell me the truth. <laughs> so instead of, once, instead of once upon a time, start off with no shit, this is what I did. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> so, uh, folks, we hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, the, the serious message about drugs, obviously, is we want to stay away from them. We want to keep kids away from them. We want to banish this stuff because it does ruin and cost lives. But as long as people are going to use it, we're going to find the funny in it because you're going to do stupid shit. That's really funny to us. Oh, we yeah. catch you with it. So that's the funny there. Um, we want everybody to have a great week. Please keep yourself safe. Take care of your families. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your own mental health. You know, don't bring work home and don't mm-hmm. bring home to work. You know, remember guys, it's a job. It is not your life. You still have you know, life and wife and family and kids outside this be with them. Do this job though. Do it right. Do it with integrity. Do it with honor. Go home with the end of your shift. Jay, man, you got anything to add? No, uh, I second what uh, T-Bone just said. Stay safe out there, guys. Stay safe. All right, guys. Y'all have a good week, and we're out. Hey, if you like the show, check us out on Twitter or Instagram. Both are at T-Bone and J-Man. Like, follow, subscribe, send it out to your friends, send it out to your family. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach us there, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show.